is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Josh Ralph. Josh is the merchant of joy. With his own special blend of magic and humor, entertainer extraordinaire, he presents reality-shattering mind-reading, sword-swallowing, and hilarious antics. And I got to see it on the TEDx stage, and it was so crazy fun. That's awesome. Thank Hi, you. Josh. Hi. So this is, okay, just sword swallowing. Yeah. What? Like, the, where, where did this come from? Like, do you have any idea the first person that went, I believe I will swallow that? It's, it's a really rare thing. There's only 100 sword swallowers in the whole world. That is actually true. You can look it up on swordswallowing.org. My friend uh, Dan Meyer, who's uh, America's Got Talent sword swallower guy, uh, keeps a list of all the known living sword swallowers. We have a little society. It's a whole thing. It's oh, the wow. smallest club in entertainment. Oh, yeah. my god! I know. And you can see the history of it and that sort of thing. Um, you know, for me, it just came from a desperate need for attention and a one-upping and one-upping and one-up. You know, oh, you can do that. Well, watch me do this. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I mean, I've always been excited to try and do everything. You know what I mean? Everything from eating weird foods to you know, I fought forest fires for a time. You know, I met Bill Clinton forest firefighting in the late '90s. You know, I, I've tried to do everything I can around the world. So. Wait a minute. What? How did? Was Bill just out there helping? Did it was he helping Florida was on or? fire. Um, in 1997 or it was 1997. And so we went down there. I was on a forest firefighter cruise in AmeriCorps St. Louis. And, uh, we had a forest firefighting group and we went down to Florida and we worked like eight hours on eight hours off. And Bill Clinton came down and he met us and took a picture with us and, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. Right. So, you know, I've always tried to put myself in all sorts of different adventures and to see what happens. And sword swallowing was one of those things. Like, you know, I, somebody, a client asked, can you swallow a sword? And I said, you know what? I'll find out. And I had a friend of mine manufacture a sword for me, a stainless steel sword. And we did it in his backyard. And I was like, yep. And I'm a sword swallower. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, I, I probably won't ever try it. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I, just, I don't think that's in my future. It's a lot of vomiting. It's, oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a hard enough time brushing my teeth sometimes. With, <laughs> <you know? laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Okay. That's insane. So, so then you've done, um, you've done like all these different cool adventures and now you're, I mean, you are an entertainer. That is your world. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's my living. So, you know, I, I love to, uh, like I said, be a merch, like you said, to be a merchant of joy. You know, uh, my product is happiness. You know, that's um, a good one. Yeah. We I, need a lot of that right now. I, yeah. Like we were talking about before, just, you know, there's just a lot of um, people feeling overwhelmed and mm -hmm. stuff. And so I feel like people like us are needed more than ever. Um, it, it's interesting going back when I went to clown school um, at the circus school in San Francisco at the clown conservatory in 2001, our third day of clown school was 9-11. And so, oh God, right. And so for us going back to that time, like how do you be funny in a world that's in chaos and in pain, right? And so we studied a lot um, and practiced a lot and did some social circus. Um, 
I got to spend time with Wavy Gravy, um, famous activist in San Francisco, oh, um, cool. doing some really cool stuff, clown from the heart, uh, clown therapy, those sorts of things, uh, but also political activism clowning. Because in that era, there was a lot. I mean, if you remember post 9-11, there was a lot of political activism going on around people that were anti the war, people with pro the war. Um, and, and so for us being clowns in that environment, and there's a history of clowns being the vehicles of, of activism and things. So, so I've never heard of that before. Oh. I've never heard of a, a, a clown political activist. Oh, yeah. What? Tell me. Okay, so you know Wavy Gravy. You've heard of Wavy I've Gravy. I've heard of Wavy Gravy. Okay, Wavy Gravy was one of the, uh, the hosts of, of, of Woods, Woodstock. And so Wavy puts on this thing every year called the uh, St. Stupid's Day Parade on April 1st. And it's just kind of a polit political march through uh, the city of San Francisco. They go to the stock exchange and everybody takes off socks and they throw socks and it's the sock exchange. <laughs> they go to one of the bank buildings and they throw pennies at the building and stuff like that. But he started out as a clown. He worked for Lenny Bruce. He was Lenny Bruce's assistant. Really? Way, yeah. Way oh back gosh. in the day. I know, right? So way back in the day, he was working with Lenny Bruce. And then he started, you know, doing all kinds of protests in the 60s. And he realized that one day when he was dressed as a clown, that the police didn't want to beat him up. And so then he was like, well, if I wear a clown costume, no cop wants a picture of himself getting, you know, beating up a, a clown. Talk about bad PR. Exactly. <laughs> so he started being a clown and dressing like a clown. And then he created this whole clown character. That is insane. I had no idea. Yeah. How cool. And it goes back even further than that uh, to the Hopi clowns. The Hopi clowns, uh, their job was to walk backwards, speak backwards, do everything backwards so the clown, the, the community could see the opposite side of, of everything. And that was their role in the, in the society. Or you go back to the court jester. The court jester was the only person who could speak truth to the king, you know, going even further back. So it's, it's a role in society that we need clowns to speak truth to power. You look at John Stewart or any of these comedians that are on stage, that's what they're doing. A lot of times they're just speaking truth to power and we, right. we listen to them right. over the other talking heads. So you just took the whole clown thing and uplifted it in my eyes. That's really interesting. I, I did not appreciate the history. Well, I, I think most Americans don't, but you go to Europe, there's statues of clowns in town squares and things like that. So I don't, that's the thing too, like, you know, we talk about clown and I have a hard time telling people that, you know, I'm a trained clown, you know, that's the least of what I do in some aspects, but in America, it has such a, a negative connotation, you know, unless you understand it intellectually, the yeah. role of, of clown. That's, yeah. oh, I love it. So before we were, uh, we started recording this whole thing, you were talking about TJ Miller, who I think is hilarious and yeah. Silicon Valley is like like one of those shows that I've watched, gone through and watched at least twice, probably will get to at least a third time Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's so funny. Yeah, he is. But what was that like to work with him? Well, it was kind of funny. Um, I uh, I own a, a magic shop and uh, he, or, you know, it's not a very busy one, obviously, because most people buy stuff online. But he called me up and asked if I had some juggling props. And I didn't know who he was at the time. Uh, and I was like, well, you can just borrow some of mine. And he goes, oh, great. Well, why don't you come down to the show? tonight. And I was like, show? He said, yeah, come down to the show tonight. I'm playing at the Helium and uh, bring your props and let me borrow them and we'll hang out and you can see the show and so on and so forth. And I was like, great. And so we ended up texting back and forth for another like 30 minutes. And I looked him up online and I was like, oh, so that's who this is, right? And so next thing I know, he's like, dude, why don't you just open for me? And then you'll just come on stage and we'll do a bit together too. 
Well, so we ended up doing a show together. And what we were talking about before was heckling and things. Because right. there, there was a lady who was kind of heckling me a little bit at, at the TED, TED Talk. <laughs> yes, at the TED what? Talk. I am surprised <laughs> as well. Who is this person? <laughs> yeah. And so that drew me to uh, TJ because there was a guy who heckled me there uh, on stage when I was doing my sword swallowing bit to open for him. And uh, TJ likes to tear down hecklers. If you ever see him live, it's brilliant. I've never seen anybody do it more masterfully, but he just tears people down and he almost hopes that somebody heckles so that he can do it. Gotcha. And so it was just one of those moments of my career where having somebody like his his level defending me for like <laughs> 20 minutes in his set was a, was a magical thing. Take that, yeah. heckler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he and I ended up juggling for another 45 minutes at the end of his show that we, we closed his show by juggling together and doing a comedy bit for like 45 minutes, just random bit together. And it was hilarious. And we just brought the house down. It was so much fun. He's so, okay. So is he as wacky in real life as he seems? So the thing about, I, I think most performers is that we're closet introverts. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we get out on stage, we're, we turn it on, we're a different person. Um, like me, I'm, when I'm at home, I'm in my, my slippers. I wear a cardigan, I drink tea and I sit on the back deck with my, my dogs and I just sit quietly. Like that's, love it. that's my life, love right? It. That's what I love. Yeah. And so he's very similar backstage we're, it was very calm. We just hung out, talked shop. That was about it. You know what I mean? It was just very calm, relaxed, a very nice guy, uh, very warm, you know, uh, yeah, very cool guy. I liked him a lot. All right. Let's talk about some of your other talents because you have more. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to know? I mean, so you, you're you like, a, the, you do the mind reading thing, yeah, which was yeah. really kind of fun. Yeah. Like, like mentalism. Mentalism. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. That was oh, better right. than. <laughs> yeah, it is mind reading. That's that's a much better term. <laughs> it's all right. It's comedy, comedy, mind reading, comedy, mentalism. Um, I'm not a psychic. I don't do it. It's all magic tricks and, and tomfoolery. Uh, but it's more about building relationships and connection. Mm -hmm. For me, I like to work with an audience and I get together with them. Um, and I want to get to know them. I want them to have an experience, a shared experience with one another. Uh, going back to Shakespeare Festival in Forest Park, I was there for 11 years. And uh, when I got hired to do the pre-show at Shakespeare Festival, uh, Tom Martin said, you know, your job is, is to entertain, of course, but what we want you to do is get the person on that blanket to meet that person on that blanket. We want you to build connections in the whole audience and go around and, and interact with people and, and bring the whole audience together. And so for me, that was a great lesson for me to do that in every show that I do, in every performance, because I could have a whole set written out of what tricks I'm going to do and when I'm going to do them. But the audience may not want to play that way. They may right. want to go a different direction. So I listen to them and we just have fun together. So yeah, of course I do tricks where, you know, I can tell somebody's card or what object belongs to what person or, you know, anything like that. There's a lot of fun magic and, and mentalism tricks you can do, but really it's about giving them a chance to be seen right. and experience a moment together. I think it was Cher that once said, uh, people don't come backstage for, for me to meet them or for, sorry, for them to meet me. They come backstage to, for me to meet them. Right. You know, they want right. to be seen, yeah. you know, and that's the experience that I try to give people. So whether it's sword swallowing or, or mind reading or just juggling or just doing something funny, it's really about a shared experience. And, and I enjoy that more than anything. And I think the audience does too. And that's so true. I mean, there, there's something about the audience, like you, you can feel, I mean, I know just the times I've emceed something, you know, I, it's like, I can feel the audience. Like yeah. you can just feel them, you know, you yeah. know what they're and And I've had experiences with TEDx before where, you know, the, the speaker 
like they're getting, they're leaving the stage. And I, you know, you can't hear so great when you're backstage. Um, so they're leaving the stage and, you know, and I know that they've had a heavy subject and I've been on the stage for, it's like, I can just feel the audience like, whoa, whoa. And you got to give them a minute, like everybody take a breath. That was a tough one. We're going to move yeah. forward, you know, cause it's a, it's a, it's a wild ride with the, the talks. There's oh, sure. so many different topics and what have you. So yeah, you can feel the intensity of the experience. Yeah. I, my, my favorite thing, honestly, about performing is when you're in the space after it's all over and you can feel the thickness of the air where there was just all that energy just kind of still, you know, around, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, right. it's almost like a smoky cloud that isn't, you can't see, you just feel that energy in the room. And before the show, you just feel the emptiness of the possibility. Yeah. yeah. People are like, I'm here. Yeah. wonder what this is going to be. And then at the end, I, I've often said, I wish that I could bottle the feelings that people have after one of our events because i'd be worth billions and people are so happy and floaty and excited and they're you know their their brain has been that and they've got to play in their brain yeah you oh, know yeah. it's oh, like yeah. a it's like a whole new way of thinking after you leave a tedx event. <laughs> it is yeah and afterwards i notice everybody comes out talking and chattering much more before they're more quiet and subdued and and anticipation right and as they're leaving, you can feel the energy of everybody going, what about this? What about that? What did you think of this? What did you think right. of that? I love that. The shared experience and right. ideas worth sharing. That's what it's all about for yes. TEDx, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you were talking about, you've got, I mean, you have many businesses. Yeah. I've got a couple. What, yeah. what else are you doing here? Well, so I own Circus Kaput, which is an entertainment agency. We do about 800 events a year in the St. Louis area. Um, we originally were all over the place, but we find that St. Louis is such a good market for us. And we have such great community here uh, that we get to be a part of so many great things. We have um, face painters, balloon artists, jugglers, stilt walkers, magicians, sword swallowers, which is me, fire breathers, acrobats, unicyclists, all that stuff. Um, pretty much if you see most live entertainment in St. Louis, most roaming variety entertainers, those are likely our people. Very um, cool. Yeah. Well, St. Louis is a great city because everything's free. You know, I've lived in bigger cities. I've been all around the country. And, you know, we have a free art museum, a free zoo, know. you know, Lomar Sculpture Park, you know, the, the the art. I mean, City Garden, you know, all these like great free activities and great free festivals and, and so much going on here. I mean, I'm seeing our economy booming in ways that I'm really, you know, surprised to see where we're growing, where some other places aren't. Right. I think it was just, we are just ranked the 11th, uh, 11th for growth in the country. There, well, you know, I don't think I've ever, historically, have I ever seen so many cranes. Yeah. So much building going on. I mean, right. it, it's striking. You know, as I'm driving down the highway, I'll look over and be like, wow, they're building a lot over there in the Central West. Oh, my gosh, look what, you know, and I know what's going on downtown. And it's crazy. It's awesome. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. And it it's, um, I was speaking with Vanessa Cooksey at the Regional Arts Council the other day, and she was like, in three years, St. Louis is going to look awesome. It and is. I'm just so excited about yeah. it. You and know? that's that's our thing is that we get to be a part of things. Like right. I, I love working with the Cardinals. They're like one of my favorite groups to work with. Um, I'm not a huge sports ball fan. Like I don't know much about the sports ball games. Me either, but I love that we have them. Right. <laughs> and when they do well, we all do well. Yes. You know, they're great for our city. So for for us, getting to be a part of that energy, like we were there uh, providing entertainers three days for the winter warm-up. And just to see the fans, everybody was in red. Everybody oh, yeah. had Cardinal we, stuff. We have amazing fans. 
experience here. So cool. Without a doubt. So I get to be a part of the coolest events in St. Louis, you know, doing that. So for me, that's really exciting. And I have a great team. We probably have the best team of performers that we've ever had. I always tell them that we're the island of misfit toys, you know, because <laughs> our, our performers, you know, they're all varieties. Every kind of person you can imagine works with us. And, and you know, they all want to perform and be a part of things and, and share their joy. And I tell them we're merchants of joy. That's our product is right. happiness, bringing that happiness, you know. It's not manufactured in a foreign country. And it needs to happen. Yeah. It's so needed. It doesn't matter when on the when in the timeline we are. <laughs> there is always things happening that are sad and make us angry and fearful and what have you. And just having these people are like, I'm here to just bring joy. Right. To just bring happiness. I I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for we, doing that. Oh, no. We love it. It's you know? very much needed. Oh, thank what you. A, what a great career. I am going to bring joy. Yeah. Well, here. you know. And I'm going to swallow a sword. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. My mom's least favorite activity that I do. Really seriously, tell me, was your, when you, like, did, did your mom think, oh, oh, no. So when I was... I talk talk about this in the TED talk, but when I was 12, I, I did dress up as a clown and go to the local Kmart and just walk around as a clown trying to entertain people. And uh, by the time I was 15, my mom had saw an, um, an advertisement in the Post-Dispatch, or is an article in the Post-Dispatch about a guy named Jeff Lefton. And Jeff Lefton- I know Jeff. Everybody yeah. knows Jeff. Uh, wow, So cool. he owned a company called Lefton Promotions. Yep. And Lefton Promotions was uh, the biggest like agency for performers, variety entertainment, and then of course bounce houses and inflatables and stuff like that. And the, so my mom was like, "You need to go work there." And so she got she gave me the number, and I called and I talked to a guy named Ken Gurney. And Ken was my first um, agent of sorts. He sat me down. He's like, "I'm gonna make you a star, kid." <laughs> and uh, I was 15, and he's like, "What are you doing this weekend?" I was like, "I don't have much plans." You know, some people. <laughs> call it juggling. I call it no social life in high school, you know? Um, and so he's like, you're going to Colorado. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I was like, what do I bring? He's like, just bring like 20 bucks in a washcloth or something. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I didn't, I couldn't drive. My mom drops me off at the Carney lot, basically at 15. And I'm gone for three days driving to Colorado for an event at a university. Uh, it was Colorado Mountain College in Glenwood Springs. I'll never forget it. I went there with a guy named Mark Crank, who I still work with to this day, 25 years later. No, 30 years. Later. It's been 30 years that I've been in the business uh, this fall. And, um, you know, we went out there and we performed and I was hooked. And from that point till the time I was about uh, 22 years old, I traveled for Lefton Promotions doing uh, all kinds of events and all over the country performing oh all over the place. Gosh, so my mom basically sold me to the carnival. So, I see. Your yeah. mom made you go. <laughs> basically. But, you know, that's where you learn. You know, you hang out with guys, carny guys. You learn fire eating and fire breathing and juggling tricks and all that kind of stuff. Oh, my gosh. That is that's so funny. It wasn't you that were like, Mom, I'm running off to the circus. She's like, honey, here. Yeah, just go. Why don't go. you go run just off go. to the Just go. But good on mom to yeah. see that that's where you wanted to, what you wanted to do, where you were headed. Yeah, well, she knew I had a desperate need for attention. <laughs> well, it's good attention, though. Yeah. It's not the other kind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got into the other kind for a while, too, but that's all right. Into teenagers, um, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, aren't you glad social media wasn't around? Oh, so glad. 
So I, I, I got I got sober at 19, and so for me it was like I you know I hit it hard, hit it young because again I was running around with carnies and well, stuff right, like that. Yes. And if there was if there was video of those times, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But, oh my gosh! Yeah, so you know, if there had been video of my time, my my late teenage years, running around with carnival guys like Uncle Bumpy with a glass eye, you know what I mean? Like, yes, that was a whole. But world. good for you at nineteen to go. Oh, this yeah. needs to stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. That very that's really intelligent, crazy, yeah. mature stuff at sure. nineteen. Yeah. Yay, Josh! All right, I have some fun questions for you. This one's perfect because we kind of talked about this right before. <laughs> What is the wackiest outfit you've ever worn? I was a pie once. A pie? Yeah. It was for a car commercial for Car Credit City. Um, it was me and a guy named Dustin Miles, who's, who's actually since passed. He was an actor in St. Louis. A lot of people loved him. Um, he was a piece of cake, and I was a, a large pie. And uh, <laughs> Car Credit City was uh, easiest pie. No, it's a piece of cake. No, it's easiest pie. And we ended up fighting and doing some silly antics. Where did Okay, I'm trying to visualize this were your arms like outstretched in the pie like was it a big old circle I, I think I think so yeah it was a big old big old circle did you have I can't little remember, hands I think my little pie? hands were in front <laughs> okay. through the pie slot do you know what kind of pie you were? I think it was an apple pie apple pie Good. and he was a, a chocolate cake a piece of chocolate cake he was just like he got to be a piece I had to be the whole pie for some reason <laughs> I, I guess because a piece of pie doesn't look like a piece of right. pie. Right. You would say piece of cake. Oh, and, my gosh. And that's I was like, so it's easy as pie. He's like, piece of cake. <laughs> you know, we auditioned together and they were like, we got them. We got the guys. You're this good. Yeah, you're Perfect. good. Perfect. It was fun. Pie yeah. cake. I love it. Yeah. All right. If you had a food truck, yeah. what would you serve? Uh, well, honestly, I, I love to cook. Um, and I'm working on a cookbook right now. Really? Yeah. Um, my wife will kick me for saying that because she always says, if you're, if you're not going to finish it, stop saying you're going to do it. Um, you know, I've been writing this cookbook for a while, but I, I'm ready. Um, so I, I have a condition called alpha gal, um, where I was bit by a tick and I'm allergic to beef and pork and any mammal products. Uh, uh there is a young man that, that is in, uh, the family of one of the ladies I, that work with me that has this, that had yeah. this happen. That's Yes. It's wild, right? It's yes. Yeah, because I was a carnivore. I ate a lot of red meat and stuff like that. Um, but now I, I I have great cholesterol. My life is really good. I've lost a lot of weight. My, my wife also says, um, uh, you're the only one that would get a disease that would actually help you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, cause you know, I, I was a little overweight at the time. And uh so you know, basically for me, cooking that way, that's the way I like to cook now, is pretty much vegan with um, fish, turkey, and chicken. So I'm writing this cookbook on that. So I've thought about doing like an alpha-gal-friendly food truck uh, for people who eat mostly, you know, plant-based, but like a right. little bit of meat uh, as well. So I thought about something like that. But honestly, when it comes down to it, I think a peanut butter and jelly food truck would be awesome. <laughs> You know, I honestly, it's easy, but, but just, the, and, but you can have different kinds of nut butters oh, there and you, you can go. have different kinds of jellies, different, kind of different jelly. kinds of bread. Yeah. You know, I think that would be really cool. I like it. You know, and there are some in LA cause I, I did some research on it, but, uh, just cause that's what I do. I go, I wonder if I could do this. <laughs> Let's buy a truck and I can, you know, there doesn't have to be a, a stove, but, but then you can do paninis and peanut butter and panini. Oh. It always sounds easy in the beginning. It always sounds easy. It always sounds easy to get right. there. Yeah. So tell me about this cookbook though because is it um does it also coincide kind of with the anti-inflammatory diet because anti-inflammatory diet is a big thing with auto autoimmune disorder so oh, okay. I, have, I have alopecia autoimmune and um the whole idea is eating in a way that 
won't irritate your body. I mean, so it's like sure. gluten free. Yeah. For sure. Like if I eat gluten, I'll feel it later. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> so I, I think for, for me it's um it's kind of funny that uh I just, I really got into cooking more, even more when I, I got uh, uh, AlphaGal. So for me, it was like getting so much into cooking, getting so much into recipes, you know, just cooking really incredible, interesting, weird food. I like weird ingredients. So the book is going to be called A Tablespoon of Magic. And uh, it's going to have little magic tricks that you can do to impress your guests as well as recipes. Oh, fun. And it's not going to be an outright AlphaGal cookbook, but it's going to be a cookbook with that kind of focus of, you know, healthier foods, but that are still like really delicious and good so that you can, you know, eat well and eat clean and eat healthy. But also if, if you want to substitute, like we don't do sugar in our household. So right. I use a lot of monk fruit sugars and natural sugars and things, but we don't do any white sugar, um, in our food. And so you can substitute sugar if you want, but you don't have to, right. and I'm trying to offer alternatives and stuff. Yeah, sugar's a thing. Well, inflammatory things, it definitely yeah. can be inflammatory is, too. Yes, that's one of the things I had to give up along with gluten, along right. with dairy. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, a whole different way of eating. Do you eat brownies still? Well, every once in a while, I'll get gluten-free brownies. Okay, I'll but... tell you an easy recipe for oh, brownies. Okay, let's hear it. I'm okay. ready. Sweet potato brownies. I know. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's sweet potato, coconut oil, cocoa powder, um, and you can use a little almond flour. Just a little bit, a couple scoops of almond flour, that's all you need. A couple of eggs, beat it up, vanilla, uh, throw in some sugar, real simple. You're gonna have to send me that recipe. Okay, I will, yeah. Sweet potato brownies, what a great so idea. So good, so good. Oh my gosh, and I adore sweet potatoes. Yeah, you don't even taste the sweet potatoes. It just sweetens it. You can add some honey if you really want a little more sweetener. Right. Or um, date date syrup, or date syrup is really good. I don't know if you had date syrup. I haven't had date syrup, but I've used dates and things yeah, before. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. But if you take, date syrup is an incredible product, um, and it's a great drizzle. It's almost a chocolatey, uh, that kind Ooh. of flavor. It's so good. Yum. Yeah, get it on Amazon. Amazon. It's, yeah. Amazon order There's coming a couple, up from this. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this one's going to be easy for you, but I am all about kindness. Kindness is my big thing, and that yeah. is obviously your big thing. But just share with us something top of mind. Um, kindness you received, you witnessed, you gave. Just something top of mind. Oh, man. Um I, I, gosh, there's so many. I figured you, that. You bump, you, you just <laughs> bump me hard there. Um, let's see, an act of kindness that I've seen. Or just, um, or just given or received, something recent. Hmm. Nobody's been kind to me in a while. Dang no, it. I'm just kidding. We got to work on that. Uh, an act of kindness. Uh, well, you put me on the spot. I should have thought of this before. Oh, I had no. a good response. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, I guess, oh, something about dogs. I know there's something. That about... is so funny. I was going to say, I bet it has something to do with your dogs. Yeah. I love my dogs. Uh, my dogs are my whole world. Um, I have, uh, um, a, a, uh, Staffordshire Terrier, um, uh, Australian Shepherd mix named Chalky. Uh, he's got, uh, albinism and stuff. Um, and, uh, cause he's got, um, a double Merle gene. And, uh, so, um, you know, honestly, what I would say off the top of my head, uh, is I thought I was doing a kind thing by adopting Chalky. We got him from uh, Purina Farms. I work at a lot at Purina right. and they, they had this dog, um, these three dogs in a pen 
And um, Chalky was sitting there um, with his sister and they were wrestling and stuff. And they go, oh, they're deaf. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we've had blind dogs before. We do mostly dogs with issues because we don't have kids. So for us, it's it's our dogs. We have a rule, no more dogs than hands in our family. So <laughs> uh, we've had four dogs in our household. Don't tell the county. Um, but so Chalky was was there and I was like, well, we could help a rescue dog. Because, I mean, who? not many people are going to want a deaf dog, yeah, you know. That's um, that has to be interesting to work with. Yeah. And and he was blind in one eye, and and so we're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll do it, whatever. He's the cutest. Thing. I sent my wife a text. She goes, so how's it going at, at Purina? Because we were there for an event, and I was like, oh, it's going good. And I texted her a picture of Chalky, and she goes, oh gosh, just throw him on the pile. <laughs> you know, she texted her right back, like it. immediately. Okay, That's just get awesome. him. And so I thought I was doing him a kindness. But instead, that we found out that he's not deaf because we took him to a, a dog store and my wife squeaked a dog toy and he's like, what? That must like, oh, be for me. You're yep. not deaf, yep, yep. right? But he's given me so much. And I think that that's the thing is that talk about kindness. You know, we think we're doing all these things for these rescue dogs and all that stuff. But the real kindness is is what they're doing for us, you know, the, yes. the, what they bring to our world, what they bring to our life. And, I, you know, so I, it's my solemn duty to give him the best life possible because he gives me so much. And my other dog, Lulu, too, which she's the little one. She's a little Chihuahua Min Pin mix. And she, Aww. you know, I don't want to leave her out because she's a sweetheart, too. <laughs> but both of those two Yeah, because when they so listen much. to the podcast you're gonna to want to make sure yeah you lulu will know <laughs> lulu will know if i don't mention I have her tuffy he's my rescue oh, and man. i just love the little guy oh. i mean he doesn't like very many people yeah. but <laughs> chalky's like that with people coming into the house but yeah. when he goes out of the world he's fine but oh my gosh yeah and you know he i post more it's funny okay so i post a picture of chalky on my facebook wall and I'll get 200 to 300 likes right. almost immediately. <laughs> yep. I posted my TEDx talk. I got 50 likes. What? In like three days. Three oh days. Oh my gosh. We're going to have to think of like dog X You, you know, you could. You could do a whole dog themed one. I think it's a good idea. People love dogs. <laughs> yes, they do. You know, I dogs think the and cats. Yeah, I, yes, cats too, whatever. But <laughs> dogs are better. Um, but, but I have a cat. I, I dig her. Yeah. She's a good one. Cats are good. Cats are fine. <laughs> They're not dogs. They're not dogs. I just never, I've never got along with cats as well. They well, just, no, they no, don't do anything don't for me. Get along with cats. Decide when you can get along, and then yeah. there's other times cats are like, yeah, not today. See, and <laughs> so. I can't do that. It's that's emotional abuse. It's humbling. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I just need somebody who's going to tell me they love me no matter what, all the time. That's the dog. Yeah, that's sure. the dog. That's Absolutely. what I need. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care what you look like. Yeah. They, you know, you can be just sick, as crazy sick, and the cat's like. Um, time to feed me. Yeah. And the dog's like, I will just lay here beside you. Right. It's, it's until you tell me to do something. Did I mention I have a desperate need for attention? <laughs> there you, you go. You know, that's what my dog gives me. Of course, he has the same desperate need. So I love it. Yeah. Well, Josh, thank you so yeah. much. Oh, is it this over? That was so, it? I'm sorry. That was quick. It was, it's always quick. Oh my gosh. I mean, well, I have guests on that are really interesting and oh, well. fun to talk to. So well, that's good. You know, yeah. that it goes by like, we're done. Okay. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. we'll tell people where they can learn more about more about you. Um, well, I did this weird thing um, about a year ago where um, I, I came up, I get weird phrases in my mind. Uh, and the phrase was the bees bananas. 
And it, you know, cause people talk about the bees knees, but the bees bananas kind of rolled off my head. And so I, I got Twitter bees, the bees bananas. I got Instagram, the bees bananas. My Facebook is the bees bananas. Uh, everything is the bees bananas. So if you want to follow me anywhere you want, it's the bees, the bananas. bees, bananas. The I bees love bananas. That. That's so cool. I even, I came up with the bees bananas.com and I just go. put links to all my socials <laughs> on there and more about me and what's going on with me. Just, we I mean, just bought the page and just put some basic stuff up there. So it's easy. Just the bees bananas that's what you got to do now it's really hard to mm -hmm. find a name or anything yeah just something yeah. that goes across the board really easy to find me the bees bananas it is yeah thank you josh thank you all right everybody out there you've been listening to mishmash have a fabulous day be kind all that good stuff and check out the bees bananas bye